I am back. I almost had a jiu-jitsu match with the plane on the way to Colorado, but just it makes being here all the more special. So happy to be back from the international travel, which means it's time for Verbal Tap to show that proves fighting is way easier from inside the country. Well, I mean, or the plane. You get the metaphor. Rafa Sparza, how are you doing this evening? Fine. Explain yourself. Uh, the flight had a ton of turbulence because of all of the storms over the Midwest. It was four hours and 20 minutes of glorious up and down, back and forth. And if I didn't believe in rhythmic breathing to grapple before, I definitely do now. It kept me from having a panic attack. I was in France for the last nine days, moving about the country from Normandy to Paris to the French countryside for a wedding. The wedding lasted, Raph, no shit, 11 hours. They, oh my God. It started at 5. It was awesome. We left around 1.30 a.m. But the French do like a very long dinner. There's a cheese course. The dessert had pyrotechnics. I don't even know where the dancing began, but ask me if Adele and Amy Winehouse's live concerts were played in the background during dinner. How sad were these people? These people were having the most amount of fun with the wine and the partying. I believe it. Until 4.15 a.m. So It sounds like they were doing more of the approach of let's cry our emotions and feel like we're just in this moment right now. And we were. What were you up to? You went and watched some live fighting, yeah? I did. It's been a crazy week and a half. And, uh, you know, Kevin uh, told me he was going to France. And I just go, oh, yeah. Oh, well, he's gone. All right. (laughs) So we had a lot of people hit us up and saying, like, where's Kevin? When's the new episode coming up? And I had to tell people, I'm like, you know, occasionally, guys, we do earn vacations here. Like, Kevin uh, puts in some time here. You know, every once in a while, I have to give him the opportunity to go away for a little while, be a human, celebrate life. Um, But one person in particular, though, Kevin, was really miffed. And uh, I told him we were answering this on the podcast right now. And that was our good friend, Kiyoshi, who said, I got worried that Kevin died from his 100 burpees owed to Drew Weatherhead and that there wasn't going to be an over under Kevin for UFC 198. Then Uh, I realized that 198 is May 14th, not the 7th. So I guess he has a grace period for now. So first of all, thank you, Kiyoshi. We appreciate you uh, giving us permission to produce our show. <laughs> I was going to make my attack a little bit more the other way. It should say, of course I wasn't going to do it before I left. I'm not an idiot. Kiyoshi. Uh, I wanted to be able to move during the first few days. Ugh, now, this mistake. is the toughest part for me, Kevin, because I know, you know, we're still kind of easing you back into the jujitsu realm, mm-hmm. but did you go train when you were out there? No, I didn't. Nope. How did you do that? Because it's impossible in my brain. And I know you know a lot about this aspect of my brain to not think like that. Yeah, I did think about it. I had looked into some things because of the itinerary we had scheduled. I just never had the, uh, the chance to get out to Paris where the few schools I saw were. Um, but that was mostly the only reason. Well, good for you. We were there for a wedding and some things. So there was some family stuff to get to. I mean, not above showing up to a wedding, having trained prior. Fair. Uh, I mean, my own wedding, I trained the day before. No big deal. Next time I am in France, I will probably train. 
I believe you. Um, so obviously there's a lot of stuff for grappling. I'm sure that Kevin has not exactly been around or near. So we're going to try and fill him in on as much of that as possible. A big thing is that Kevin had no idea I even went to this event, but yesterday, uh, I was actually just barely getting back from the very popular fight to win promotion that took place out here in San Diego. They're traveling around. They're actually based out of Denver, but they've had events over in Texas. Our friend Caleb Johnson was on one of them. We know a lot of people like Lovato's been on them before. Mackenzie Dern has been on them before. And just as recently in this one in San Diego, they had Andre Galvo. So they are getting top tier talent. I was just intrigued because, you know, when we hear a new grappling thing is in the neighborhood or is trying to emerge, our first question is, who are you and what do we need to know about you? So I got the opportunity to go down there and find out for myself. Kevin, what questions do you have for me? Let's start here because I don't know how much you are familiar with this organization. Yeah. How does it begin? Do they have some announcers and some in-flight entertainment or is it just uh, fight, 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 fight? And how long are they? It's a bit of a time. I will tell you this. What would you say if I were to say, Kevin, this night had over 24 fights? Yeah, that's uh, they. Uh, that's why they always have a ton of fights. I've definitely seen that. So, which is cool. It's it's a little bit of a greatness and also a whoa. In this respect, which is this thing is rapid fire. Like they literally get off the mats and they're like, "Coming up next, this guy <laughs> versus this kid. Come on up, guys." Come so on. the action is fast. It's furious, but it is a combination of gi and no gi. So I'll, I'll tell you this. They actually put me next to the judging panel. So I had the opportunity to hear the judges uh, decide if it went to, you know, time had expired. They were going to go to a judge's decision and they gave the judges two flags, uh, a red flag and a blue flag to say who got what. Like it was basically a two out of three will win from the judging panel. But it was interesting to hear the judges break down on the side and talk a little bit about that. It's just a unique experience. They also had me sitting next to the medic at this one. And my first thought was I was just recently at a series of cage fights right next to the guy who was uh, in charge of handling the bell. And I kept thinking like, oh, my God, I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to hit the bell accidentally when there's like still two minutes left in the round. I'm so going to fuck this up. But in this case, I told you, the medic, and right I was as it goes, you it. sneeze, and it's like, <laughs> Ding! And just like looking at the guys, like, keep going, keep going, you're good, you're good, you got like two you minutes still, this. you're fine. Um, but with the medic guy, they go, Raph, we're gonna have you sit next to the medic. I go, why? So I could teach him how to saran wrap somebody if somebody got a concussion. <laughs> Turns out though, I'm uh, shooting the shit with the uh, the medic. And, you know, he's being real nice and uh, spending a lot of time talking through the stories and whatnot. And then he goes, hey, who are you here with? And I go, verbal tap. And he goes, hold on, Raph? I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, I'm this guy on Twitter. And he was one of our fans. So lo and behold, our... uh, (laughs) One of the guys who was uh, working the medics, who we were talking for about uh, two hours, three hours into it, the event there, he and I decided, oh, yeah, you're that guy. I know all about you. And I was like, dude, it's good to see you. We knew all about each other. So shout out to uh, him. He was one of the nicest people uh, I've interacted in. And you know what? He's a he's a big dude. 
So I figured if anything was going to go down, James was going to beat the shit out of somebody himself. <laughs> but he looked at me. He's like, do you train? I'm like, not with you, man. I nope. do a little bit. I've You're too big. Some stuff, yeah. So uh, anyway, back to the event. The event itself, uh, it's rapid fire. There's a lot of fights that go on. The thing I like about that, with the fact that there are 24 fights, is this. There's a lot of exposure for up-and-comers that happens. There are a lot of people who I know who are on the verge or maybe don't get invited to all of the invitationals. But these people were really trying to bring as best jujitsu as they could. And I thought there were a number of matches that really kind of stood out. Um, I mean, Kev, it, it, but just imagine 24 fights all in one is like, it just, it, like at, at a certain point you're like, okay, are we going to get a rest? Is this happening? And then you just get so much jujitsu in your face that you're just like, it's still going. So in that respect, uh, it was a lot to take in. But like I said, very happy for the community. Uh, we got to see people like uh, Boogie compete and ended with a very, very quick heel hook. Uh, got to see Galvo beat uh, Milton Bastios. Um, you know, a great match. It was a very technical match between um, Barrett Yoshida and Milton Bastos. Wait, I'm. I'm getting that confused. Anyway, lots of good fights. Milton Bastos. <laughs> so just many kept fighters. <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, Bruno. Sorry. Uh, Bruno and Galvo. But uh, yeah, just a lot of great fights, man. And it was just so nice to see that community. San Diego is a great place for jiu-jitsu. And they just get excited for, for that and that love of it. So not only that, but you also had top tier individuals coming down to coach on the sidelines. Sure. So everywhere you looked, there was uh, somebody, a who's who of people in San Diego. <laughs> At one point, JT Torres was walking by me and I was just like, yo, JT looks like untouchable right now. I can't even talk to him. He has He's great cool. aura. His aura. Yep. <laughs> just walks with an aura. If I gain its steam, San Diego is a great place to do it. Yep. We and have, if I were you guys, oh, yes, we're going to get to one of my buddies who was there at Fight to Win, who's going to be joining in for a very special game of uh, Over Under Kevin. Is that Yeah, correct? UFC 198. Great card coming up. I'm excited. I'm ready to win this one, Raph. I'm not sure you are. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get too boastful. But yeah. We'll just... let the people decide. People, let us know in iTunes, five stars, who won. You know, I was thinking, though, Kevin, uh, I was listening and maybe you were doing this, too, but I was listening to some other podcasts because, you know, people like our good friend Jeff Schultz was like, hey, Raf, you know, since you're not making a podcast because you guys are lazy, um, maybe you should listen to some other podcasts. And he mentioned one that was a really cool one, which is like how to become a professional at something. And, you know, the 10,000 hours rule. Yeah. Made famous by outliers and all that good stuff. Yes. Uh, there's a very interesting Freakonomics podcast. Again, I'm already plugging another podcast, but deal with it. I love the uh, Freakonomics podcast. That talks about the concept of getting good at something. So really becoming a master at something. And they even alluded to the fact that, yeah, that 10,000 thing, uh, it's just kind of a ballpark figure. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, you know, it's just kind of different for different people. So they had mentioned that, and I thought that was so cool. And uh, I was listening to that podcast, but I noticed that whenever they plug for people to go to iTunes, they do a weird like voice. So maybe we need to just be like, hey, everybody, this is uh, Raph and Kevin from Verbal Tap, and it would make us so happy if you were to go to give us five stars on our iTunes. 
It would make us so great, and we would love you so much. Also, Squarespace. If you guys listen to Squarespace, then you can make a great website. Make your dreams come life. <laughs> Something like that. And then people like get sponsorships. So I, I just figured maybe we should try that once in a while, Kevin. See if it works. Maybe it tricks people into doing it with that lull voice. I hadn't thought about it, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that's a genius. I'm just going to cut that. Yeah. Five stars on iTunes. <laughs> yours was better. We'll just use yours. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, everybody. So, back to the way things go on the podcast. That means when there is a pay per view, it is time to get to business for looking at the way things should be over the pay-per-view weekend. So that means over under Kevin, obviously. Kevin, what do you think I'm going to do in terms of getting you an opponent this week? You seem to have taken it to a pretty personal level mm-hmm. recently. So I expect you to attack something on that front. Okay. Are you like inherently on edge when you don't know who these people are? Always, yeah. Drives okay. me crazy. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to feel because um, the person that we picked this week, uh, he's very averse to knowing a lot of high-pressure situations. You may have seen him compete on the EBI. You may have also seen him compete on the Nawaza Challenge. He is a seasoned competitor, a brown belt, one of our good friends outside the podcast. We're so happy to be able to bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our good friend, Juan Bernardo. Juan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great. You know, you were recently, and I was going to say as a credit that... (laughs) I know why. I know why you chose him. Why? Why did I choose him? The most personal reason of all. What's that? You wanted to bring someone with a stronger hair game on the podcast. A stronger what? Hair game. Kevin, everybody has a stronger hair game than you. No, 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 no. Few people (laughs) have a stronger historical hair game. And Juan's hair gets like better during his matches, which is annoying. (laughs) No lie. My sister took pictures at the Nawaza Challenge. And they're uh, like, there's one that I think she caught and some other guy caught of him like brushing his hair aside, like, whoa, hey, like the Fonz mid uh, reattack from his opponent. So, yeah, it's something he, well, he carefully crafts. I mean, like, you, you know, you can't just you can't just win. You got to look good doing it. Mm. <laughs> we wouldn't know either of those. Things I was like, I guess I would never uh, look good. Losing has always been like a motto, but yeah. You know. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. If you're going to lose, you might as well look good when you lose. Yeah, that's, <laughs> hey, yeah. Which explains a lot, which is why, unfortunately, when Juan ended up getting caught at uh, the Nawaza Challenge, he definitely made sure to find the camera, smile real nice, and uh, yeah, at go least, on at, least, at least get something out of it, you know. <laughs> now, Juan, here, I was going to mention in your credits that you may have been... Uh, you know, familiar if you're a listener to our show or to Inside BJJ that you appeared on their show, which I find fascinating because that's like appearing on like the junior varsity level of podcasting. So I applaud you for coming there. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't feel you had to stoop to their level to do that, though. Oh, well, you know what? They they, they asked me first. I, I, I told them I think I was going to hold out for verbal tapcast, but... 
Yeah, I never got the call. I mean, did you ask yourself what you were doing wrong to not get the call? Because maybe that's the first question. <laughs> we talked about I guess, it. I guess I, should, I should have been winning more. <laughs> it's not just winning. You know, we, we look at the all-encompassing <laughs> body of work. And, you know, the thing is, hair doesn't translate on the radio. So let's start there. Yeah. The second part of it is this. Kevin is inherently afraid of you. Like, if you haven't picked this up, and we haven't even gotten to the game yet, but Kevin really doesn't like the fact that you have better hair than him, and that bothers him. So that's going to be a psychological advantage that you have going into our UFC pay-per-view picking game. What else in your that's short awesome. time of I, knowing- I usually hear that um, good hair is definitely something you need when you're uh, you're making your picks. It, well, wait till you hear how Kevin picks the people he picks, so don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Kevin, uh, you know, before we start to getting to the insults, what's one thing that you like about Juan's game when you do see him compete? Uh, never, there's always that push to have breath control to just keep your breathing rhythmic. One sort of never looks rattled on the mat, even in bad positions. That's always just a fluid game. If I had to make something up, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Juan, does that come from training with Jeff Glover and Dean Lister consistently? Because here's something that I, I guess I would like to know. Uh, when you are training with those guys. It's like being attacked in two very different ways. Jeff Glover, obviously, with his creativity and his know-how and uh, years of experience doing it. Dean with his also vast experience. But also, I don't know what Dean pressure feels like. So I feel like you must have developed under the most dire of circumstances. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely training with Dean and Jeff. You know, you're always in bad positions. So you definitely used to it. Um, with Jeff, definitely, it's like his movement, his, um, for somebody who's not really that big, is actually pretty strong, like, a very, he's a very strong, he's got grappler strength, um, he never stops moving, and he, he can take your, he can take a submission or a position from anywhere, really. Um, with Dean, what you really have to be careful about is, like, that giant head of his, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's almost like a planet where there's, like, gravity and it just like crushes you, you know. Um, that that the big chin and that big forehead that really you gotta be careful about. I have and to when ask you this. Put it on, put on you. You're not getting off. I have to ask this because I famously recropped a photo of you and him together. And uh, he was showing the grip on your gi. Like, it looked like pre-coach talk of, like, when you get this, make sure you get this grip. And he's holding you from behind with a, a lapel grip. Yes, from I, behind. I remember that. And it was oddly similar. And I mean, oddly similar to that of Brokeback Mountain. So I compared the two photos of the, you know, I can't quit you kind of poster, if you would. And it I was. I that that was totally coincidental as well. Sure, if you guys say so. <laughs> if that's your story, that's We fine. believe you, wink. But the one thing I was intrigued about was we had one viewer or one listener who on a, when we put that photo up, and you're obviously, you have a great sense of humor, so you were laughing about it. Dean, I don't know much about the Dean sense of humor, but someone <laughs> encouraged Dean to break my leg, and he was just like, all he said was, he <laughs> Which Dean is a big man, so Dean saying that is like, well, that's terrifying. So, yeah, what was his official Dean, response to that? Basically, um, you 
you know the story of like Jack and the Beanstalk? Um, <laughs> Bean is basically like the giant, and he likes to just, I don't know, grunt, gnash your bones with his teeth, kind of. <laughs> no lie, I did so, go down uh, to train yesterday over at Victory, and there was a small part of me that thought, you know, Juan was being so nice and cordial and asking me to come down and train, that I was thinking, I think he's bringing me to, like, Bane. I think this is where I die. <laughs> it's like the setup in, like, Batman, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just short of calling you Catwoman here, but, like, yes, it felt like you were taking me to Bane. You were going to, like, lock a cage door, and I was going to turn around, and there's Dean out of the dark, you know, monologue. Right, right when you like... get onto the mat, I close the, I close the cage door, <laughs> and I say, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ralph, it's very good to see you here. You know, all that nonsense. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, I think we're about ready to get to the game. Obviously, we know a little bit more about uh, Juan. We're happy to have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and cue credits for Over Under Kevin. So ladies and gents, the way this game works, if you're new to us, it's very simple. We go through the entire UFC 198 pay-per-view card. We do all of the fights. Crazy we pick card. each of them. What's that, Kevin? It's a crazy card. It is. Could you have waited for me to get through the like informal nope. stuff real quick? Nope. I was just I was adding, I was doing like a Hamilton thing. I was trying to bring a lot of angles to it. You're not Hamilton. You just walk around in a circle and you'll be fine if you're trying to replicate Hamilton. <laughs> that's a great idea. But again, that's hard to do because it's a verbal. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. Hey, for those of you who are wondering how the rules work, because I guess we have some of those. It's very simple. We go through the entire card. There's, I believe, 13 fights. We have each person get 15 seconds to pick who they think is going to win the fight. They're going to make their arguments. And then if I so feel like it, I will give each participant 15 seconds of rebuttal time to go ahead and take down what their other person said. Now that we have talked about this, do you understand the rules, Juan? I, I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything that you would like to say with a wand before we start? I think he needs to watch out. I think he needs to really watch out. Just because he knows more about jiu-jitsu, this is going to be a card about instinct. Oh. Kevin says your jiu-jitsu uh, has no use here. I, I do have a one question. Can we pick... We could pick the same person... Yeah. You can. I wouldn't advise it because Kevin is historically bad at. This. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. So is Kevin just gonna pick the guy I pick every time? Sometimes, although sometimes uh, not. Kevin I've made will... my own picks, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> but are you just gonna take my hair tips? Because I use Dove. I use a formatting paste. I had a personal one a while back, but let's not share what you use. Uh, emu oil. Emu oil. I think you might be messing with me. I think you made uh, that it's up. very possible, though. Uh, it's hard to say. And you know, one thing that I think people overlook about Juan, where he's got like the super bang that he like can come over at any given time, <laughs> is that <laughs> when he has the super bang, I don't think he knows this, but that's an extra grip. Like I always feel, if I can't get the lapel, I need to get the super bang. <laughs> And, like, just use that as a crossface You grip. know Glover submits him using it. <laughs> like, pulls him into a triangle. Well, it's 
technically an unwritten rule that you don't touch the hair. Well, yeah. it's actually a written. It's a written unwritten rule. That doesn't sound right. However, I am intrigued by that rule. We will come back to that one a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> but you know, gentlemen, uh, do you understand the rules? Are you ready to go ahead and participate in this game of over under, Kevin? Oh yeah. Good job, Kevin. Yep. All right. There you go. Ladies and gents, we're going to go ahead and start with our first fight. This is all random, so don't worry. These will be out of order, so if you're looking and playing at home, don't just look at a Wikipedia page. We have changed the order as to keep your interest as best we can for the poor fight past people who never <laughs> ever get talked about. So let's go ahead and start with our first match. Kev, I'm going to go ahead and put 15 seconds on this clock right here for a welterweight battle between Sergio Moravesis versus Luan Chagas. Go. Uh, I gotta go with Sergio Mirages, the Panther, because I just glancing thought it was Jose Aldo. That's got to increase his confidence. Okay. You're picking almost Jose Aldo. Uh, Juan, where are you going to go on this one? You've got 15 seconds on the clock. Go. Um, you know what? I I don't even know how to pronounce either of those guys' names. Um, so I'm going to have to go with the first guy. Okay, that's... Because Sergio is definitely a lot easier to pronounce. Okay. Well, one's your name with an L, so don't get too indignant here. It's basically your <laughs> name, just switch the flutter the other side. Okay, uh, having said that, um, you know, I'm going to put... like a girl's name. It does. I'm not going to lie. It does sound that. I wouldn't say that to his face. But now that we've recognized that Dean wants to kill me, what would you tell Dean about Kevin? I, I would tell him that Kevin does not pick these fights very well. Because I don't think he really analyzes these guys as fighters. And Dean, being a former MMA fighter, I think appreciates mm. that. Mm. Good note. Kevin, your response? I think Dean would be like, eh, Kevin sounds like someone I like more. That would just be the end of the conversation. <laughs> just walk off. <laughs> Uh, I guess, Juan, my next question for you is, how long in seconds or tenths of seconds would it take Dean to footlock Kevin, if you were to guess, based off of Kevin's purple belt knowledge? I'm kind of curious. Honestly, do you think like, if he had to just track me down, I wouldn't run. I'm not going to shob him. How how quick? Um, I'm going to guess it take, it'll probably take um, one second to grab your foot. And then another second to submit. So okay. I'm going to go with two seconds. That's pretty impressive. Kev, I didn't know you'd make it past a second. I felt like the over-under was somewhere between two and four. So <laughs> somewhere in between. Well, he, he is also not a very fast man. Ooh, so. gauntlet laid. Wow. Well, let's make that the commercial. <laughs> well, joke's on you. Neither am <laughs> I. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? We're going to go back to you on this one. Uh, Juan, you're going to start us off. It's a light heavyweight bout between Shogun and Corey Anderson. 15 on the clock, go. Yeah, I go with Shogun. Shogun's an old shootbox guy. Um, you know, former Pride champion, former UFC champion. I'm going with Shogun Hua. Okay, okay. Uh, Kevin, he's going with Shogun Hua. Who are you going for? Uh 
the he has to say Shogun Hua and whoever juiced Shogun Hua up if he wins this fight. He has to make that caveat. I'm going with Beast in 25-8, Corey Anderson, because I re- I don't think he's remembering the Shogun that we're okay. And, and I'm get, I'm getting there, Kevin. Uh, one. Does any of Shogun's past performances make you just have a slight amount of pause in this? Um, only the ones where they started testing for <laughs> Mexican supplements. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I'm an, old school, I'm an old school Shogun fan, so I got, I'm, a, I'm a fanboy for life. That's fine. That has historically never come back to haunt any MMA fan. Um, Kevin, <laughs> I just have to know, when you hear that Shogun's in a fight and you're rooting against him, much in the same way I think all of us like Shogun from Pride, is there some conflict in your heart? Because Juan can't seem to dissonate any of that. Do you have any? Nope. No, I'm just nervous going. for his health. I don't want to see the sequel to Concussion. Is about how we've been rolling out this crop of forty plus MMA fighters. That's my only. I just am not ready for the accent again from Will Smith. The sequel to Concussion <laughs> called. <Return sighs> yeah. All right, let's go to our next fight. The next fight is a bantamweight bout between John Lineker and Rob Ford. Kev, go. I believe you mean Rob Font. Nope. Former mayor of uh, Canada. <laughs> no, definitely not who's fighting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's him. I'm taking the reach advantage and the fact that Rob Font can change into whatever kind of fighter he needs to, presumably. All right. Let's go. Joke. That's the first one I've made on the podcast. The Font joke that you've made? I can yeah, guarantee it is not. Any type of fighter? Guarantee you're not the first to make that one on there. For those of you listening and wondering if we have any kind of uh, moral decree, no, that that has definitely happened before. Um, Juan, who do you have on this one? I'm going to have to go with Lineker. I think Lineker's got twice as many fights, so he's got he's going to have the experience over Rob Font. Um, plus, you know, He's also got cooler hair. He's got that mohawk look. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. You know, Hold on. Okay, not only is time up, but Kev, we're starting to get to hair. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that we would get here so fast. I thought I thought this was going to play a factor, and I do admit the hair is intimidating. Okay, now I'm going to come back to you, Juan, which is, whoa, what's this say about your picking between Shogun and Corey Anderson? Do you have, like, hair bias here? Um, I, I, I think... Kua and Anderson actually have the same hair, so I don't think that's a factor in that I think that's racist, first of all. (laughs) No, I I think he means buzz cut. Oh, oh. Oh, I I wanted to make sure we were very clear. Uh, Those of you listening from either of their camps, just remember that was Juan. Juan Bernardo. You can find him at Victory MMA in San Diego. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Juan, we're going to have you go to our next fight, which is a light heavyweight bout between Antonio Nagira and Patrick Cummins. I'm going to have to go with Nogueira. Um, you know, again, old school Brazilian top team guy. He's a legend of the sport and, you know, he's a former pride fighter, UFC fighter now, and I'm going with 
old school Nagara. All right, yeah, Kev, I, I see a, a pattern happening here. Yeah, it someone... seems that that Juanito is going with a lot of uh, the pride heart in in his his soul. Where are you going on this? Uh, he has a lot more respect than I do. I watched Patrick <laughs> Cummins in that last fight, and despite having a stupid nickname and not a cool flame tattoo on his chest, I'm going with Patrick Cummins. Can we talk about the fact that, okay, uh, I know you're going for the pride vet here, Juan, but have you also considered the fact that you're also maybe letting your jiu-jitsu heart speak a little bit more here? Because at its core, we have a jiu-jitsu guy who's older versus a younger wrestler who has wrestled at top-tier levels, despite the fact that he was a barista. But that's a dumb byproduct that the UFC used like a long time ago and then forgot. <laughs> but... Are you are you excited for that matchup, or do you not see that as a problem for jiu-jitsu? Does jiu-jitsu just concert, conquer everything? Um, yes, I'm going to say jiu-jitsu does conquer everything. But is also a really good boxer, so he's got the ground game. He's got the striking. I think, you know, I think he's going to beat up, you know, oversized Pee Wee Herman. Oh, wow. Wow, that's... Oh, man. Kevin, I want to come back to you for that. Um, I guess the the other question I had for you, Kevin, was this: How old is Nog? Because I don't feel he's like a tree where you can carbon date him properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, local geologists have him dating back to at least sixty four years ago. Uh, I, that's just what I heard. <laughs> All right. Well, that works for me, Kev. You're going to lead us off on this next fight. It's a lightweight bout between Francisco Trinaldo versus. Nancy Grace Yadiros. Go. <laughs> that would be an awesome. I am really excited to get on the Yancey Medeiros abs train, Raph. Wow. Someone's looking shredded. Abs train, everybody. Juan, what do you got for us? 15 seconds. Um, you know, uh, shamefully, I'm also going to have to agree. Um, Yancey Medeiros is super buff, and generally, I go with the buff, the buffer dude. Things have taken a turn. Hello? He's probably protesting, one. He does this sometimes. Every once in a while, you guys say something that's just so out of character that I have to take a moment. Uh, I just have to say this. Now, Kevin, is there any other reason why you're going for Yancey Medeiros other than abs? Anything? Cool tattoos. Okay. Slight reach advantage. Five inches, which is the national average. That's normal. Is it? Uh, it's, again, I mean, okay. oh, uh, wait, well. Fine. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. One. Let me ask you this. You've heard Kevin a little bit right now, and you seem to be a guy. Like, I've rolled with you. I know you, you're very cerebral in this way. What do you feel would be Kevin's first move if this was a roll with him? Um, I He sounds like a guard puller, so he would probably pull guard. It's not terribly wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to say... He pulls a specific type of guard consistently. He sounds like a half-guard puller. I just I don't know where you would come up with that from because 
Kevin has historically hated all things deep half all the time. Just doesn't interest me. Just doesn't interest him. Like he actively avoids and it. I would never watch someone like Bernardo Faria and think, oh, I should mimic that or Ryan Hall or some of the great deep half guard. I wouldn't. I'm not interested in. Certain. First of all, never compare yourself in the same sentence with those two. You will be kicked off the show. <laughs> like. They are people who have won titles for their jiu-jitsu. We're just building ethos. You've gotten a participation award, essentially, <laughs> for showing up. I think YouTube may have sent you a, a like letter of completion for no watching joke. the video. There one. were several tournaments that I entered in where there was only two of us. So you, you could. You, you did just get a participation <laughs> medal. Wow. That's the meanest. Hey, let's go to our next fight. Our next fight is, uh, Kev, I'm putting 20 seconds on the clock because I'm interested to hear what Juan has to say about this. 20 seconds on the clock for a middleweight fight between Ronaldo Souza and Vitor Belfort. A go. This is the rare situation where Vitor Belfort is not being set up with an easy opponent. This is going to be Jacare's moment um, because, once again, youth favors the strong and violent in MMA. Okay. 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 Thank. So you're going Jacare on this, yes? Via submission, right? Uh oh. Wait, I didn't. I didn't get there yet. I didn't get there. Let's go over to Juan. Juan, what do you got for us? Twenty seconds on the clock. Uh, this is one I'm actually going to not make a pick. Um, I like Souza a lot. Um, I think he's awesome. I think he's he's got dynamite in his hands and his jujitsu is second to none. But Vitor Belfort, man, I cannot, I cannot not root for him. Um, he's got the freaking awesome hit, awesome mohawk. He's jacked to the tits. And, you know, it's like, wow. how are you supposed to root against him? I don't know, but there's and so much that we could cover in that 20 seconds you were speaking. Dino Let's start with this. Jack to the tits. Okay. Let's make sure that's on a hashtag somewhere. Second part of the question I have for you as a follow-up one is this. Did you say you're not going to make a pick? I cannot make a pick. Okay, this is where shit gets real. Maybe you don't know this part about our game, and I usually wait to tell people a little bit later. But there is usually a wager, not anything cash, because uh, those who know you know that, like, Juan, uh, Kev, I don't know if you know this. He's a lawyer, so, like, he makes money. So, like, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't be trying to bet against people who make money. Um, But, Juan... We usually do a wager of some sort that usually has some sort of pride attached to it. Uh, It can be jiu-jitsu based. It can be anything your imagination comes up with. If you are taking a mulligan on this one, you are giving Kevin an advantage. Let me put this in terms you might uh, understand as a jiu-jitsu competitor. It's like going into a tournament and saying, you know what? I'm not going to compete with my right hand. It's like going into a tournament and cutting off your super bang. Yeah. The source of your power. Like, it's just what you don't do. So having said all of that, I'm going to come back to you after I give Kevin 15 seconds to explain why you shouldn't pick and take pity upon him. Kevin, I'm giving you 15 seconds. Go. Well, he has to he has to pick. I mean, I, I guess I support his decision because it means I get the automatic win. Wait, no shit, because I could still lose it. But what happens if 
Oh, now we've derailed me, Raph. What are the rules here? Can we get a judge's score on which direction this goes? I'm going to allow it. Let's go back to one. One, having said that, do you want to make a pick between these two? I'm going to go with Vitor Balfour. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he is. Push comes to shove. You explained a little bit of their, their sense of uh, context of telling him, yeah, it's like cutting off the bang. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That guys. got really real. Was that was that what convinced you, or was it the overall bet that you could potentially lose one? It is the uh, yeah, I'm a super competitive person, so you tell me I might lose and I'm like, okay, let's play for real. <laughs> he says he's super competitive. What do you think is the worst board game to play with a super competitive person like Juan? Fucking Monopoly, because it goes forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that true, Juan? Is Monopoly, there... is the wor- Monopoly is the worst game regardless of who you're playing with. Because, yes, it does go on forever, and it is not fun. So, <laughs> it is the worst game ever. I feel like we'd need some maths to the side to work some shit out, like, halfway through. Rap, was, uh, Rap and I would get in a disagreement about a fee. There'd be a get-out-of-jail situation. It would be like, Juan no, Kevin, get hot. you just fucking landed on park place i have a hotel there that means you have to pay me more and then kevin on the other side trying to tell me like no raf i get the podcast discount that's 50 percent mine as well <laughs> you know we went in on utilities did you <laughs> fuck is it weird that we all thought mats needed to be required for a game like that or is it absolutely perfect I think we actually found the missing ingredient to a lot of board games to pique my interest. Okay, let's go to our next fight. Uh, I'm going to have Juan lead us off on this one. It is a middleweight fight between Thiago Santos and Nate Marquardt. Go. I'm going to go with uh, Nate Marquardt. Um, You know, he's another guy who's been in the sport for a long time. He's got close to, you know, over 50 fights. Um... Plus, you know, he's American, so you got to go with America. Well, <laughs> it's about time you started doing that. Because <laughs> you really haven't seen too compared or concerned about uh, Captain America over on this side of the world. Uh, Kevin, who do you got for us on this? This has been the easiest over under Kevin yet. Thiago de Lima Moreta Santos. Longer reach, more youthful body. And, you know, maybe if it was the senior MMA tour. Juan, I need to ask you this. Is your heart just taking over? You seem to (laughs) take over the fact that because they've had more fights, that means they're in tip-top pristine shape. Maybe somehow ignoring uh, the possibility of them breaking down or logic reason. Um, You know, I think experience goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes sometimes it's, it's enough to, to help you get the W. Okay. All right. I guess you could say that. Um, you could say that Kevin is experienced at jiu-jitsu over a white belt, but, like, am I going to bet on Kevin? Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, then there are times when the experience is um, just 
doesn't matter at all and the other person <laughs> is just much better. Absolutely. So, yeah, there are those circumstances as well. Kevin, do you ever have any of those circumstances? Follow-up question. Does it feel like that now? Yeah, a little bit. But I yeah. think, well, yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I'm doing well, okay. You, are you asking me or are you telling me that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you that, right? It's a statement. <laughs> doing okay, right? Like I am? Uh, Kev, I'm going to have you lead off on this one. It is a fight between uh, Rafi, or nope, sorry, Hanato Mokachino. <laughs> Versus Zebra Tukanagov. Okay, there's almost no way to choose between Mokachino and Tuskagov, so I'm going to go with crazier facial hair, Zabira Tukugov. Ooh, that's a good one. I would go for that guy if he was fighting in this one. Uh, Juan, who do you have in this one? Do you have Mokachino or do you have the Tuskegee Airmen? <laughs> I'm gonna go with mochaccino. Um, that is that is one of my more uh, favorite drinks. So um, I'm, I'm going with a mochaccino. I do appreciate one of my more favorite drinks of my many that I choose on a daily basis. Uh, you know, Kev, do we have any more to say on this one? Do we know anything more about these people? No. No, let's just Although go to the next one. Might be the only Russian on the card, so look out. Ooh, that's true. Uh, you know, Juan, I'm coming to you for this one. It is a middleweight fight between Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall, otherwise known as a fight I was super excited about three years ago. You have 15 <laughs> seconds on the clock. I'm going to go with Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is still one of the greatest fighters of you know, in MMA history, uh, I think Uriah Hall just, he tends to not show up at the bigger fights. Um, he just doesn't seem to get it to that level when he needs to. Uh, Anderson Silva is the spider, and, you know, he, he does what he does. You can't argue with that logic. Kevin, where do you stand on this one? Uh, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going Anderson, I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna ping pong over to the old side. You're gonna you, ping pong over to the old side. You are more. You did call this three years ago as a fight, but I just think Hall is gonna get freaked out. It's gonna be in his head. He's so mentally easy to sh- break. How do you see this fight going? If I were to just ask you point blank here, because I think a lot of people are expecting a lot of spinning shit happening awesome. here. Awesome. Yes, but. If we're really being honest, I think Anderson Silva and the way he's fighting now is a little bit more cautious. I think that's partially based on having the recovery. That's partially based on maybe uh, the fear that his boner may come out. I mean, I don't know what the problems are. But if I were to ask you how you see this playing out, how would you see it playing out, Juan? Um, I think you're right. Uh, Anderson Silva is a little bit more cautious now. Um, I think he's going to use footwork, distance, and his timing, basically, to... I think he's going to eke out a decision. You think he's going to eke out a decision, so you don't see a knockout happening in front of him anymore? I, I don't. Um, Anderson is just a little bit more cautious than normal. Okay. So. Okay. Kev, is Anderson Silva still capable of knocking people out? I think people seem to wonder if that's the case. I'm nervous he's not. If I see this fight going Uriah Hall's way, it's going to look bad in a bad direction. But maybe Silva, maybe to your point a little bit, 
he has been warming up, and we're going to see a little bit more of that fire, um, and it's going to require some youthful vigor. <laughs> all right, all right, gentlemen. Right, I, I I don't know that I'm excited about it as much as I am just vaguely intrigued how it plays out because no, you're right. This was three years ago. You know, are you a little nervous? A much more compelling matchup. Uh, Kev, go on. Well, yes. For Anderson, are you a little nervous? I'm a little. I've got that like gut moment. This is going to be like a bad one-sided thing. Are you rescinding your vote here? No, no. I'm just asking. Does anyone have that feeling, or is everybody else? If you guys are good, I'm good. I just that's fine. I'm just saying. I thought you maybe seem to you be identifying a little bit of nervousness John, about a pick that you were very right. strong about. I <laughs> know it was easy. Okay, but you're nervous. Juan, why do you think he's so nervous? Uh, you know what? I think he just doesn't he, he doesn't have a good track record of picking fights, so I think he's scared of that. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That, that is a, a good reason to do it. Kev, we're going to have you lead off this one. It is uh, Warren Peasley Alves versus Brian Hanna-Barbera. Go. I, I'm going with Brian Hanna-Barbera. In a real upset sort of moment, I just have a nice feeling about his beard. Okay. Okay. All right, Juan, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy who looks like Mighty Mouse. Um, Mighty Mouse is a really good fighter, and so if uh, um, Warley Alves is anything like him, I think he'll do well. Wow. A vote of confidence, unlike any strength we've heard on this podcast before. Uh, Kevin, do you have any kind of a faith in that pick? I would like to say no because of my long history of voting against Mighty Mouse, but that hasn't worked out. But this guy looks like someone who ate Mighty Mouse. He weighs 170 pounds. He's like four Mighty Mouses. <laughs> I believe it's Mighty Mouse I. Oh, I'm sorry. Mighty Mouse Eye. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, just wanted to make sure for all of our grammar. I'm not a writer, Raph, like some people. Yeah, I know. That's ever-present whenever you take hold of the copy of this podcast. Like, there's no better delineation than when people go, I wonder who wrote that, Kevin. (laughs) And I'll usually (laughs) say it just as a caveat. (laughs) I love that when Kevin is in charge of the Twitter on our show, he definitely lets people know. It's like, yo, Raph, let me lose. Raph's busy at a party. Raph's busy. (laughs) Raph's at a party. Uh, All right. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, Juan, you're going to lead us off on this one. And I'm intrigued to hear where you're going because it is a welterweight fight between Damian Maya and Matt. Damian Maya. Oh, that was quick. Why? Yep. The jiu-jitsu. The jiu-jitsu. Jimmy Mike's got, you know, again, also one of the best jiu-jitsu in MMA. I mean, it mixed with his wrestling. Um, I think he gets the submission, um, you know, in the first, probably in the second round. Kev, does Juan have the jiu-jitsu blinders on? This is a tough one because Matt Brown has been a little devastating lately. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm going with Matt Brown. No, you yeah. turn in your fucking belt right now, I, sir. I just, I'm nervous. He has really good jujitsu defense. He just does. 
I mean, he also has two big losses against Johnny Hendricks and Robbie Lawler recently. True. And he is most consistently beaten by submission in his losses. So who better to do that than kind of a magician at jujitsu? And I'm hoping to be wrong. But he didn't get finished by any of those people. Those were decisions. No, I literally just said he gets, you know, those two with Johnny Hendricks and Raleigh Lawyer, those were decisions, but like everybody else who's beaten him has submitted him. Okay. So like no no disrespect, Seth Bazinski, <laughs> but I'm just gonna take a leap of faith here and say uh Damien's uh guillotine is probably just maybe a little bit better. I again, blasphemy, I'm sorry. It's just something I feel in my heart. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Okay, Juan, I have to come to you for this, and I'm going to bring up an important point in just a second. But in this case, are we overlooking Matt Brown's power? Because maybe that's the instinct Kevin has here, is that we know that Damian Maya, who is basically pressure passing his way like butter when he is competing, and he is in the UFC, and it is impressive. And I have tried to still every single one of the things he does in that cage. Uh, whenever I'm rolling, but is there a possibility that Matt Brown is somewhat strong enough to fend that off? I'm I'm going to say no. Uh, Matt Brown tends to where he does well is you're right when he's fighting other strikers, he's got a granite chin and he's like a zombie, and no matter how badly you beat him, he keeps coming at you, which is why he's his nickname is the Immortal. Um, I think it's different because when you get a guy who's, you know, adept at jiu-jitsu the way Damian Maya is, um, you know, there's truth to that tough guys can't fight off arm bars because you can break their arm. But when you choke a person, there's no tough guys in chokes. You go to sleep, you know. And I think Damian Maya will get the choke on him. If uh, Shogun jokes, definitely uh, let's put that on a t-shirt, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> He's the uh, there's no what in chokes. There's no there's no tough in chokes. Is that it was no tough guys. Mm-hmm. Tough guy in chokes. A, it might be a Will Ferrell movie waiting to happen. <laughs> tough guys and chokes. Good one, Kev. Thank you. Uh, let's go to our next one. Uh, let's have uh, Juan. You're going to lead us off on this one. It is a catchweight between Chris Cyborg versus Leslie Smith. Who do you got for us? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Chris Cyborg. Um, Chris Cyborg has been, you know, the most devastating striker in women's MMA. Um I don't think she's ever even looked not devastating. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to go with her. Okay. Kevin, your response. Uh, also, Chris Cyborg looks bigger than this other person. So she sounds no. better and looks bigger. I'm going to go. Absolutely not. This is a catch weight, Kevin. Uh, this is a catch weight. Yes, it Which is. Which means she catches up to her in weight. So, and like, it all evens out. This is, I'm going with Cyborg. And I would also like to point out Leslie Smith's nickname is The Peacemaker, which is not <laughs> awe inspiring in a warrior sport. 
It's barely one of the top ten George Clooney films if you're ranking them. Exactly. It's like uh, Kevin one five well, day Phillips. To be, to be fair though, the Peacemaker mm-hmm. um, is also um, that's uh, I think uh, it's either Greek, Latin or something for Parabellum, and Parabellum tends to be a a name for a lot of firearms, and so a lot of revolvers. Um, and pistols are, are known as the parabellum. And hold so on. Peacemaker can that's, be a pretty... It's a gun thing? Hold on, hold on. Point of order. One, it okay. sounds like you've read a lot and you're trying to bring that into this conversation. I'm going to need you to dial it down, not just for myself or Kevin or <laughs> for our listeners. This podcast, but Juan. This isn't a fucking historical podcast. You guys want to go listen <laughs> to hardcore history, you're more than welcome to. But we try not to teach people anything on this show. Oh, I think it's Latin for uh, Carabella. Uh, well, actually, my father uh, knew 20 years ago when he was sailing the ocean blue. Um, <laughs> he knew of this one uh, gun. Have you seen the Mexican? It's kind of based on that. But I guess you would know that if you've read Art Deco before. I'm just a just kind of Brad Pitt fan. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that was uh, educational. Hey, you know what, Juan? Uh, I always tell people this, and now that you have gotten all the way to the very end, we're about to go and make our picks for the final fight. I want to ask you this, and you don't have to say what it is if you want, but we will come back and reveal it later. But do you have a bet in mind for Kevin? We normally defer to the guests. Kevin, what are some of the bets that you've lost that you've had to fulfill? Oh, man. I was working on the most recent, too, which is I have to put two geese on and do 100 burpees. That one, major mistake on my part. The other one is I have to do my best chewy impression, and I've been working on that just to make it not offensive. <laughs> to all of the Wookiees who listen to us. Yeah, and so, I have to send it to Nick Chewy Albin. That's correct. It is a Chewbacca impression. Now, uh, again... Don't tell us if you have something in mind, but do you have something in mind? I do. I wait. I can't tell you. Yeah, like don't tell us what it is. Like save that. That's like good radio to wait for the right moment. Uh, but like, you have something in mind. I do have something in mind. Oh wow, this is this is intriguing. This is fast. He didn't even hesitate there, Kev. No, he did not. Nope. I've been thinking about. It. I've been thinking about it for two days. This is fascinating. Oh, oh, I'm excited for this. All right, all right, all right. We're going to go to our final bout. Kev, you're going to lead us off on this one. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock for your entertainment. It is the championship bout between Fravicio, Doom versus Michael Stipe, Miocic. Go. I'm excited for this fight. The world should be excited for this fight. I'm going with Fabricio Verdum. Val Cavallo. I don't know what that means, but I was just trying to say it. That's his nickname. He just seems on, to have Kevin, a... Uh... Time out, time out. I'm actually stopping your time right now. Okay. Do you know why? Uh, did I pronounce it wrong? Well, you did something. You have 15 seconds left on the clock, but I need you to speak only in broken uh, Brazilian Portuguese for the rest of your uh, pick on this one. I can't. And... That's going to sound... That's not going to come off well. I understand, but that's the prompt that I'm giving you. And I feel like it's going to come off more Italian if I'm making a guess. <laughs> so uh, I'm putting 15 seconds back on. Go, Kevin. Go uh, to Vibrizio's <laughs> Verdum. Does the uh, 
his uh, submission. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that sort of turned into more of a Christopher Walken impression. Yeah, toward God, the... I don't have a, I don't do much Portuguese. It does not sound like it. It just sounds racist. Well, I mean, it. that was clear from the start of the intent of what I was going for. One, uh, yeah. I have 30 seconds on the clock. Tell us how you see the fight going and who you're going for. I'm also going to go for, for Fabricio Verdum. Um, this is the man who beat the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, beat Cain Velasquez. I think he might be the only guy in the UFC to finish Mark Hunt. Um, I can't see him losing to Stipe Miocic. Hmm. I'm going with Fabricio Verdum. Oh, that's a good pick. Um, Kevin, again, I was asking this a little bit earlier, but how do you see this fight going? This is going to be, and I think I, I'm actually really, I think it's going to be violent often in the first round, and it's going to get to the ground. We're going to see Stipe get tired, and then we're going to get see, see Stipe get KO'd right there deep on the ground. Fabricio has looked amazing. He's just looked in control of his last few fights. That's uh, It's tough to do with that size. It is tough. Like, he is definitely king of that division. It, it just seems like he is at the peak of where he's competed. And, uh, Juan, you brought up a, a lot of the bullet points that really make him unique right now. But is there anybody that you could see beating Verdum? And, I mean, maybe I'm looking past uh, Stipe here. How dare but, you. but is there somebody that you could see beating him? And, and who, if so? There's only one person, I believe, who could beat him. He would have to come out of retirement, and that is Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> Brock Lesnar it was the scariest heavyweight of all time. I mean, and I think if he did not have, if he did not have um, super diverticulitis or whatever it was, super I think he would still be. He would still be. Uh, of the heavyweights. Okay, Kevin, I'm going to put this back your way. I know I hate doing MMA math, but let's follow that prompt real quick, which is um, if I remember correctly, it was Brock Lesnar faced Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez wrecked Brock Lesnar. Then you had uh, Fabricio Verdum wreck Cain Velasquez. Am I following that MMA math and you correctly? said you hated it. You That was beautiful. You beautiful-minded it. it. But here's the thing. If it wasn't so definitive in both circumstances, I think the MMA math doesn't necessarily translate. So, yeah, you can maybe take into consideration uh, Brock Lesnar's super mono versus uh, the fact that Cain Velasquez forgot how to fight in higher altitudes and that sometimes maybe you should go there uh, more than a week in advance. But, like... Is that MMA math correct in this one case? I'm surprised to hear him saying Brock Lesnar because I think Fabricio is like his biggest nightmare. Someone that can punch and he does not want to go to the ground with. True. Uh, though you really should look at Brock Lesnar's Kimura from the ground. Oh, and Juan, up. I'll ask you this. Don't you tell me to shut up. You're that technique is wrestling. flawless. Yeah. Juan, is are we overlooking the fact that Paul Heyman could be in Brock Lesnar's corner? Is that maybe the deciding factor for you? I don't think you're giving um, the F5 finisher move enough credit. Mm -hmm. um, if he can pull that off mm -hmm. in a fight against almost anybody, I don't think anyone walks away from it. Almost anybody <laughs> it goes down to that. 
Um, I love that analysis. The F5 is a devastating move. I guess the reason why I have to follow up on this is, have you yourself ever used an F5 in any particular case, Juan? Um, it is uh, my favorite finish from the Fireman's Carry. It's your favorite finish from the Fireman's Carry? <laughs> yep. Okay, okay. I'm glad that we, we ascertained the answer to that question. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> we've gone all the way through the entire card. What we're going to do now is we're actually going to pick our tiebreakers in the event that tragically the two of you tie. It comes down to you guys picking the recipients of Fight of the Night and the two performances of the night. They used to do submission and knockout, but now it's just two performances of the night. Sometimes it's more, but this is what we use as our tiebreakers. So for our purposes, I'm going to have each of you pick one Fight of the Night and two performances of the night. Kevin, you're going to lead us off. I am going with a quick Fight of the Night to Jacare Souza versus Vitor Belfour. With performance of the night one going to Cyborg, performance of the night Two, going to Uriah Hall. Interesting. Little insurance. Mm. Always pay attention to Kevin's insurance that he does because it indicates even he's not confident in what he's saying. <laughs> Juan, I'm going to ask you the same question for fight of the night and performances of the night, please. I think um, fight of the night is going to go with Tuza uh, Balfour. Okay. And I think performance of the night is going to go to Damian Maya. Okay. First one, and then the next one to Chris Cyborg. Okay. Both of you guys banking on Cyborg. Interesting to note there. Uh, you know, Juan, you were so confident in telling us that you had a bet in mind. We always defer to the guest first. What is that bet that you have in mind? If I win... Kevin had to eat hmm. um, a large kazuki from BJ's. Okay. Uh, Kevin is in one. Denver. Do you have a BJ's in Denver, Kevin? What is BJ's? Ugh, man. Uh, the kazuki is one of the most delicious cookie hybrids out there they give you a giant cookie in a dish that has come straight from being baked they pour some ice cream on it and i know other people say i've got one of those near my blah 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 nobody cares this is the best one. Oh. no i don't think we have a bj's but oh, wait hold on time out one what what's the bad part of this plan that he has to do it in what in one sitting i okay this is an adorable bet because you're basically just trying to fatten Kevin up like one of his grandmas or something. <laughs> or do you, is this have... like BJ's Restaurant Brewery? Yes, that's that one. Oh, yes. we do have those. Yeah, we've got them. I'm sorry. I thought it was a fast Excellent. Okay, but again, I don't know how menacing this bet is. I don't know that Kevin's going to be sitting okay. at home being like, oh, no, I might have to eat that pizookie. Sounds pretty tough. It kind of just. Have you ever have you ever eaten when you could not eat anymore? It is probably one of the worst feelings. It's probably <laughs> one of the most painful things <laughs> to ever go through. <laughs> you grossly underestimate how right. much food I can put away. That kid and not was... only put away, <laughs> but like grossly eat. And that's me. And I don't know even that I have the appetite that Kevin does. Kevin's still a growing boy. So okay, let's put a pin on that one real quick. Kevin, did you have a counter offer? Because the reason we're putting a pin on it is 
I'm not so sure Juan's going to keep to that once we get Kevin to suggest what he has in mind if he wins. Well, I do not know the total tonnage of the famous Pazuki. It's not hard. It is oh, not okay. a difficult. Thing. I said the largest, the largest one, the one that's like three, three flavors or five flavors. Yeah, I know. I just again, <laughs> eh. the Pazuki trio. Him. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I did have a, I had an idea. I wanted him to do an unflattering hairstyle and then give me 75 push-ups directly into the camera. Wow. Kevin, here's the thing. Juan is very fit as opposed to us. So oh, like, damn. So, you like, know, I should have bet. <laughs> Yeah, you. I don't know. Well, I had originally factored in I might have to do it too. Is where the number came from. <laughs> I was like, uh. okay, Juan. Now that you've heard Kevin's counter, do you mm. have somewhere else you'd like to go, or is that where you want to stay? Because we could trade a Pazuki for Pazuki. I'm also happy to go the other way, Raf. Um, and you know, make like a. Because it sounds like he would struggle to do it, I guess is why. And especially if I get to pick the flavors. One of them is going to be the gluten-free. You know, that's happening. Absolutely. Juan, <laughs> <laughs> your response? Um, no, no. I, 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 I'm going to stick with mine. I like it. Okay, okay. It's the big Pazuki, Kevin. What do you want to do? Do you want to stay with yours? Yes. Or do you want to double down on the Pazuki? Yeah, winner gets to pick the three flavors. Uh, I feel like this will go badly for one of you. You know, here's the good news. I hope the two of you were happy competing in the weight class you were previously in. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's going to be a lot of angry Jeff Glover and Dean Lister speak the moment that Juan has to put all of that away. Needs a little weight to keep that head at bay. No, no lie. Kevin, yesterday somebody took a photo of me and Juan, and they asked, and I've never been asked this before, but they go, uh, shirt's on or off? And I was like, well, one of us can take our shirt off. <laughs> so I don't really know about uh, me showing off the guns here. It's uh, intimidating hey, for everybody. Sun's out. I know the guns should be, but I'm going to keep them holstered for one more no gee sesh. It's all the but same I, to everybody. I had to appreciate the fact that one of his training partners was like, no, seriously, you guys like no shirts? Is that's, that what you want to go? That's not a terrible way to psych people out. Free BJJ, too. Like get them up. It was afterwards, Kevin. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's mind. not really much to go off of after there. It's not like you already need to be more afraid of what you need to be afraid of. Yeah, I thought this might be like the, you have great teeth. <laughs> Well, Juan, we can't thank you enough for stopping by. Uh, can we get some shout-outs or sponsors taking care for you right now? No, I, um, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. You know, um, I always love hanging out with you, Raph. Um, always a good time. And I know you came down yesterday, and I, I appreciate you uh, hanging out and uh, coming out and visiting our gym. Um, also wanted to thank my, uh, my sponsors, Bite Soap, Virus, um, well, virus, virus, um, HealthNet, and Datsusara. Um, they always uh, got good. They always got good stuff, and they always um have been super nice to me. 
Uh, so I want to say thank you, thank, thank you to them. They're good people, except they put out a podcast too, so they're dead to us. I mean, they're officially they a sponsor of us people. too, but like, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Up until they put out their own podcast, and I, like, what the fuck are you doing? And we don't both use our Datsusara bags. Not in the least. Everywhere. Nope, nope, not at all. Well, Juan, uh, here's the way this works. Uh, obviously, uh, we know that now you're uh, Pazuki invested. You will be watching the fights this weekend. Uh, you would be more than welcome to come back and talk with us about that, and we'll find out who wins live on the air next week if you are so up for it. That sounds awesome. awesome. I look forward to it. Well, again, uh, Juan, we have to thank you for so many things. Great training yesterday, but more than that, uh, one of the nicest people on the circuit, and more importantly, took me to one of the best barbecue joints in San Diego. That shit was for real. What was the name of that place again? That's uh, Phil's Barbecue. Phil's Barbecue. Let's get them to sponsor us because... Oh, yeah. Right? Kev, That's what we need today. Before we let Juan go, I just need him to describe exactly the size of the ribs they brought to us. Basically, um, have you ever seen a Jurassic Park where they find, like, the uh, dinosaur bones in the ground? Um, they're about that size. And you awesome. get three of them. That's, uh, that's the kid dinner. <laughs> it's the kid dinner. <laughs> I love oh. that when he's like, dude, they're like dinosaur bones. And I was like, for real? Okay, maybe I'll get the baby back ribs. And he's looking at me like, if you want. And I go, okay, then I'll get the full dinner ribs the beef rib yeah i'm gonna do that and then they bring it out to me and i was like holy shit this looks like what tipped over fred flintstone's car (laughs) (laughs) velma (laughs) i believe it's wilma but whatever you know (laughs) historical cartoon accuracy here uh juan we can't thank you enough buddy uh we look forward to hearing back from you next week and uh thank you so much for coming on man Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Raph, you're not the only one that got to beat up Juan in your amazing (laughs) uh, Batman versus superman video where people should go check that out go check out the youtube facebook instagram you can find our videos raf and juan did the batman versus superman which is one of the first it's just such a great parody of what's going on and i dare you to tell if it's a trailer or if that was really the preview uh you let us know in the itunes in the itunes let's leave a little five star review trying to make up for not being able to do a portuguese person anyway wow yeah Raph, fun podcast Very uh so. juan's great he's he's a he's a blast despite that uh, attractive hair <laughs> there's nothing like he's gonna take the clip of us talking about his hair and he's just gonna put that on repeat on his mp3 player i am absolutely positive about it yeah juan's good people um one of like i said a genuinely nice guy uh, in the jiu-jitsu community. It was so funny. Like, I, I keep running into him at events for, like, half seconds. So I saw him at EBI for, like, two seconds. I saw him at uh, the uh, Fight to Win for, like, two seconds. And then I went to go train with him. And we actually, uh, as he mentioned, we, we went out, we got food, we trained. It was just, 
it's so great. He and I were just shooting the shit and having a good time. He's just good people. So I can't, uh, you know, if you get the chance to talk with the guy, he's just, uh, he's good people. So I, I can't say that enough. Anyway, well, Kevin. you went and trained at a few mm. other places. You're, we're going to do some shout outs here. Shout-outs. Um, I'm going to not shout out the flight of United, that wonderful airline. <laughs> I will shout out the King family. Victoria's mother escorted us all around and both her and her mother are fluent in French, making navigating around France that much easier. Raph get to meet the whole family. They were a blast. The weddings go long, but they're amazing. And you have got to be there for the dessert. Uh, it's wow it's a spectacle it's the best they don't do like the traditional wedding cake they do a well it was like a buffet this round actually so mm-hmm. dessert only dessert just champagne and buffet everything else was served and, and not what? the point wow huge shout outs tons of fun and that's gonna do it for me rafa sparza oh, it's great stuff man um it's weird that you would mention dessert after that is now your bet <laughs> So I, yeah, it was. Uh, I've had to cut back. I went back to the veggies, lean meats today. Back to the diet. We're stone. gonna get you uh, back to training asaps. Yeah, tomorrow I'm gonna go train. Yep. All right. Well, uh, obviously, we want to say uh, thank you to uh, Juan Bernardo, Kevin. I did my first uh, Airbnb. I've never done that before. It's an interesting concept, and uh, actually, it was it was super easy because I went up to them and they're like, "What are you here for?" I'm like, "Um, I'm covering a jujitsu thing." And they go, "Okay." I was like, I'm going to be home late. Like, these things probably go on forever. There's 24 fights, people. Come on. <laughs> and they're like, we don't care. And they said on their note, they're like, we have a very uh, nice and um, friendly puppy. And this puppy, what? like, two seconds walks up to me and is like, yo, what's up, man? Yo, dude, just pet me. It's cool. And, like, uh, dude. You got to hang out the puppy. That was I got to hang out with the puppy for a little while. And I was like, all right, puppy. Listen, uh, we got stuff to do. Okay, I need to... Need to mosey on. So, um, yeah. Well, before that, let me say this. Okay. Kev, maybe you've seen a photo of me on the internet where I had to digitally insert myself into a photo that was taken without me. I, I, first of all, I love it when you do that, too. When you will just zoom in. You're also notorious for posing with people that aren't there. So you're pretty into the ghost photoing. Yeah. Absolutely. However, these people... Uh, our good friends over at Studio 540, there were some of our friends in the uh, jiu-jitsu community who were getting together, and I didn't know when they were getting together because on their website for Studio 540, again, a wonderful, magical place, they uh, they have a part that says open mat 2 to 4. And I was going down there because driving down from Los Angeles, eh, it takes you about two and a half hours. And I was like, all right, I've got some time to get down there. Did not know that for Fight to Win, they made their open mat from 11. Bummer. So I did make it in time for the 2 p.m. one, and thank God there were still great people there. I got to see our good friend John Greek, the maker of our super awesome geese. Yeah. Man, was he looking to beat the shit out of me. That was, woof. (laughs) Like, I've never seen anybody so happy to be like, Raph, I'm so glad you're here. Let's roll. Oh, you want to murder me. That's what's (laughs) happening. Okay. At least we Um, know where we are. Exactly. Met great people there, but uh, those folks who I, w- I really wanted to roll with and see, they unfortunately had come to the earlier part of the day. And I blame Leon Sandoval because he's their social media guy. And it's really – if I think he has to fall on the sword for this one 
because they go, hey, let's take a photo. And then they tagged me. So not only did they take a photo to be like, hey, everybody who's here, we, but then he has the nerve to tag me in it. So that's when I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to take a photo that I took with my good friend, John Greek, and I'm going to put myself into your photo. <laughs> Boom. And uh, fortunately, they've uh, had a good sense of humor about it, including the owner, uh, Zebs, who, if we can take a moment to talk about people who are doing good things in jiu-jitsu, Studio 540 is so magical. And it's run by Robert Zebs, who's just, he's good people, nice guy. Can't say enough good things about that guy. So anyway, thanks to him and all of those people over there for their wonderful hospitality. Met really good people. Uh, I believe a guy named Jason, who I was rolling with, who uh, looked at me and he's like, are you that verbal tap guy? And at first I wanted to fuck with him and say, no. No, I'm not. I get that a lot. (laughs) That idiot. I fucking hate him. He's the worst, right? Uh, But instead, I ended up telling him I was and uh, rolled with some really cool people. This is one of my favorite types of people to roll with. There's another guy I was rolling with. There's a blue belt there. Uh, He just is like so in the spirit of like training and doing stuff. You ever have those people who just kind of give you a move and you're looking at them like, I'm not going to take this move. You are clearly giving me a move that I have not earned. (laughs) And I won't take it. I no just, handouts. I won't. No, no, no. Thank you, though. But, like, <laughs> those are the people that you like at open mats because not only are they, like, super competitive for a number of it, but then they're also, like, they don't give a fuck if they are winning or losing. They're just happy to be there and, and training. And, uh, you know, those are, are good, good people. So my thanks to him as well. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, say what's up to everybody there. Let's go ahead and go to our other attention. I want to thank uh, Seth and Sean and uh james and uh cj happy i want to thank everybody who made uh this weekend so enjoyable i got to see so many good people i also want to thank blanca melissa garcia for uh really really uh great stuff she's always interesting to run into because there's always something interesting happening in jiu-jitsu um and she's just always been a, a real good friend of the podcast um i want to thank our good friend james who i ran into uh like i said over on the sidelines just chilling as the medic and uh, I also want to thank the good people over at Victory MMA. I had such great training that day. And it's really nice when you stop off at a place and you can exchange information of stuff that you like versus stuff you don't like. And uh, there was a guy who was like, I was like, how long have you been training for? Kind of a big, strong dude. And I go, how long have you been training? He goes, oh, two years. And I go, yeah, but you've been training with Jeff Glover and Dean Lister for two years. That's a, that's a little different. Dude was doing great, great work. I was able to give him a couple notes and be like, all right, dude, try those things. And then once you do that, don't come find me again. <laughs> You're already a problem, and I really don't need any more of that. So always great stuff. And uh, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Kelly. Uh, when I got back home yesterday from traveling for a day, uh, she was asking, she's like, what time are you getting home? And I was like, ah, there's traffic. I'm working on it. As soon as I get home, there was uh, sushi laid out for me. And uh, a very nice welcoming uh, home dinner. So my thanks to my lovely wife, Kelly. And I think that's probably going to do it for me. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Bonjour. Really? Yeah, I'm trying some things. I just didn't. How much of the song Lady Marmalade do you understand now? Uh, A little bit more. I don't think that didn't come up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good night and good fight, etc. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.